Check, check, check. One, two, one, two. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is, you normally do the mic check during the show, right? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast that critics around the nation are calling. I just wish you would stop putting out the podcast every week. Yeah. Okay. Again, I don't read these until right when we do the show, so they're a surprise to me, too. I'm sure there's a positive compliment in there some, somewhere. Um, anyways, we were recording live on the road this week from a hotel. A uh, big thing is going on now with that is a uh, um, somebody down the hallway uh, burnt cat catfish, was cooking up some catfish and offered it to me, which was great, but uh, burned up some catfish and... Uh, the whole uh, hallway was filled with smoke and the smell of burnt catfish and grease. So there you go. Some people love it. I love it um, when it's in small doses and not something you have to live in for days. Uh, no, it's fine. But um, yeah, any any hoozle, uh welcome to the show. We, you know, the last week's episode was a few days late in being posted, and we'll tell you why later in the show. That's called a deep tease. Deep tease, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, as of right now, let's go to, let's get into a little bit of random news. This is random news of the week. We'll start with um, Guinness World Records. Actually, we'll do, we'll have this whole segment be Guinness Records. Why not? Let's live it up. An Englishman broke a Guinness World Record by having a drink at 67 different pubs in a single 24-hour period. This is impressive. And I feel like I have a lot of friends that are this guy. And it's impressive. A young guy, too. He's 22 years old. Nathan Crimp is his name. He took on the record for most pubs visited in 24 hours. And he visited 67 pubs. This was in Brighton, England. And did this in the space of about 17 hours. Um, he had some friends with him. And he aimed to beat the record of 56 pubs, which was set by Gareth Murphy, who did that over the course of 10 hours. So there you go, Gareth. You're nothing. (laughs) Your record was beat. Um, This guy says, It was easily the hardest thing I've ever done. I completely underestimated just how hard it was actually going to be. The plan was to try to keep it sober for the first 25 pubs, but that went out the window 15 pubs in. I feel like that would be out the window one pub in for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm a lightweight. But he says that he had to mix it up a little bit. This is his strategy. I tried to drink alcohol in one and then a non-alcoholic drink in another. Uh Uh-huh. You wuss. I don't feel like that counts. I don't think that counts as a good record. should have his status pulled. Um... Well, there you go. And the Guinness rules on that didn't mention that, but they said that they required him to have a drink at each pub and collect 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 evidence, including receipts and witness signatures. So there you go. Another Guinness record set this week. An Idaho man rode a unicycle for more than 30 miles while juggling to break a Guinness world record. So he was on a unicycle while juggling. <laughs> Now that's a record. Um, this guy has broken a bunch of records before, but in order to do this, he attempted instead of a standard 20-inch wheel, he up oh he went to a larger 36-inch wheel. 
So it went from 20 to 36, so we upgraded. Uh, he says when you're trying to cover distance, it's much better to have a bigger wheel. Is this cheating? I'm going to throw out both of these attempts, I feel like. He said it was about four years of preparation and six months of serious preparation before he was ready to tackle the record. He said it was also one month of court visits while his wife was divorcing him. <laughs> no, that, that's not real. Um, Rush rode 123 laps around a track. That's 30.74 miles before making a mistake while juggling. The mistake was being hit by a semi-truck. No, none of that. All right, well, there you go. That is your random news for the week. Guinness records, both of them, I'm going to throw them out. They don't count. Come on. Do better. Try harder. But then there was no man. Was no man. Was no man. All right, from there, we're going to go to movies, do some uh, random movies of the week that I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of good stuff. I try to, I'm getting into the, I'm always in the Halloween season and feel, but I definitely have been lately in, in this past week, and I try to watch new stuff all the time, and I like doing that and exploring the stuff that's out there, because there's so much. I feel like I've done a good job of seeing so much stuff, but I haven't even scrape scraped the surface and that's crazy that there's just so much stuff out there but um but this week i dipped back into the well and watched some classics i did a uh, double feature watched the fly the jeff goldblum uh remake uh which is steve um cronenberg which is the cronenberg one uh that one is so crazy and i remember watching that it was weird when i was a kid i would always rent the sequel the fly 2 which i haven't watched in a long time i never watched the original fly that much but uh, yeah david cronenberg and of course you know gina davis jeff goldblum it's on hbo max now so you can check that out but such a solid good movie um and super intense there's always that part at the end where if you haven't seen the movie, you know, spoiler alert, obviously, but he basically makes these teleportation pods. And when he's trying it out, he gets into one and a fly gets in there and he doesn't see it. So the machine doesn't realize that there's two different organisms there. So he, the machine combines the organisms into one and he ends up turning into a full fly by the end of it. And when he does, and the fly kind of breaks out of his skin, um, he's depressed and like you know he's a monster now and he there's a, a scene where this clearly it's just like you know someone on set with a little fly hand and he's like putting the hand around a shotgun to put it you know at the fly's head to kill himself and it is an intense moment but you're like when you see that it's just kind of this very simply shot and done way you just i don't know it looks so silly and i always like whenever i see it um with a bunch of people uh that has the biggest laugh break <laughs> unintentional laugh break uh but it's still a solid movie besides that and even that didn't take me out of it um also with that double feature saw a werewolf an american werewolf in paris 
This is one of my all-time favorite movies. I see it at least once a year. Uh, wow. I just don't think you can beat that movie. It's so great. Just great horror comedy. Um, and it's funny how much, even though I watch it every year, I forget stuff. And I notice new things. And so, yeah, it just keeps getting better for me. I did see a new movie, though, this week. Uh, and that was this movie called Speak No Evil. And the synopsis is a Danish family visits a Dutch family they met on a holiday that was supposed to be an idyllic weekend, or what was supposed to be an idyllic weekend, slowly starts unraveling as the Danes try to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness. Um, Yeah, big time. So you have this couple, they meet another couple on vacation, they really hit it off, and then the other couple invites them over to their place for a weekend. Um, So they do... And it is awkward and sick and escalates into one of these crazy endings that's just so bizarre and you don't see coming. You know something's going to happen, but... Um, yeah, the part that kind of gets me is that you know they're trying to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness. They really are. Till the very end, they're trying to be pleasant. And it's like I feel like that's how I would be. I could be getting robbed and I'd still probably try to be polite during it like oh can i help you take the money out of my account um but yeah yeah really bizarre i and it's it's weird i do i'll give it good or not good i will give it a good but it's one of those things where it's tough to recommend because it's like the movie funny games so if you've seen that you know exactly what i'm talking about it's not a fun watch i probably won't watch it again i won't just throw it on while i'm hanging out but um it is, it is good and well-made, but it is, whew, it's a rough one. So there you go. That's my recommendation. Check it out. It's a rough one. All right, from there, let's talk uh, checking in. Um, yeah, I've had quite the week. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have those weeks that just aren't your weeks. That was that was one of them for me. Um, basically, just so, like, to give you kind of a, a glimpse into the podcast and all that, I record um, on, you know, on a, on a Mac laptop. So I have that, but I also, that's my work computer as well. So I bring that at work, and I use it so much during the day. I decided, you know what I need? I need like a, a stand, like a, a computer stand that I could put it on. I can stand during it, sit down, you know, something that's adjustable. And so I got this stand that was a, um, what is it? It's like a, um, it's this thing that people use in, teachers use, use it in high school for uh like projection machine, machines, projection machine, machines, projectors. <laughs> Do I call them projection machines? Um, I can't even say the word machines. But yeah, so projectors. So that was like a, a projector stand. Bought it from Amazon Prime. And it's great. It is actually, this isn't the machine's fault. But I put the computer on it and the first night using it out, <laughs> it was working great. And I went to lift it up and I completely dropped the laptop on hard concrete. Um, 
I don't know if you know much about computers, but it's always good to not drop it on hard concrete. Just a little fun fact from me to you. I don't know, you know, you know, do with that what you will. But I, I say take that information and don't drop your laptop on concrete. That'd be, that'd be my, my kind of advice. Uh, but yeah, lesson learned. Don't do that. So anyways, I had to buy a new computer, and that's not where the story ends. But I do, I do definitely wish that that is where it ended. So I buy this new computer, and I like it. And I kind of just get something I need right away because I'm going right into work. I'm still it's still during the work week, so I need something that'll get me through the week. Um, and I need to install Microsoft Word because I use that every day. So I get that, and as I'm downloading it, I don't notice. And I'm at a hotel. I'm downloading it, and I don't notice a pop-up that looks like a Microsoft Word site. I mean, it just barely looks like a Microsoft Word site. Like it was really a horribly thrown together website. But I click on it and throw some personal information in there because that's what you're supposed to do and then I just wait for the magic <laughs> to happen um, but they end up getting me to download some software <laughs> and the only thing that's that's was good about this moment of being in a hotel while this is going on is that the internet was so bad at this hotel like it was the slowest and it ended up taking this download such a long time like it was going to be 45 minutes and that gives me enough time to realize, oh, yeah, I'm being scammed. I'm a dummy. So I stopped the download, and thankfully, you know, some coworkers kind of helped me through the process. I end up wiping the machine and then finally get Microsoft Word on, on my computer, if you were wondering. I know that was the real thing people were wondering about the story. You know what? Now that I think about it, I kind of blame Microsoft Word for all of this. Um, no, not really. But uh, yeah, so that's why the episode was a, a couple days late because uh, I didn't have time to even edit it because it was sitting on my hard drive of a computer that was busted due to concrete. I blame concrete. I think that's the true enemy of this one. But yeah, so as I was saying, concrete, bad. Um, show good. <laughs> so we're going to have uh, um, two episodes this week to make up for the failure of not having one on um, last week. So there you go. So the one uh, with the boys will drop. Um, I might drop them the same day, actually. But listen, either way, you get a little, a little, a little double feature action. Uh, but from there, let's move to, let's talk about, let's do some TV, actually. Let's go nuts. Um, let's talk about the stuff that I'm watching right now. This week, Atlanta's back, so that's huge. I'm stoked on that. Two great episodes they started off with. Started with a very nice, solid uh, beginning of the final season. And it's weird because the main cast is all back, which is great. That was kind of a lot of people's complaints about last season was that they weren't together. There were a lot of solo episodes, or sometimes there was a good chunk of them where they weren't in there. It was very kind of artsy episodes 
which I liked, and I thought it was still really good. Um, and yeah, really some powerful, interesting television. But now they got the cast, but I feel like the cast is kind of trapped in this dreamlike world, this weird town. Um, and for a while, a couple of cast members were kind of trapped in this shopping center, kind of similar to the almost the uh, that Seinfeld episode where they all, you know, the whole cast of Seinfeld can't find their car. Um, that guy actually, the guy that wrote that episode spoke at one of my screenwriting classes at the University of Minnesota. Can't remember his name for the life of me, but uh, nice guy. But that was the big episode that he wrote and such a classic episode. Um, but anyways, Atlanta's so good. Um, and I, I'm trying to just figure it out. Like, are they all dead? And that's one of those things when shows do that, like Lost, when you find out they were all dead the entire time. <laughs> it's like, do you, let me ask you, do you guys feel cheated from that? You just spent all this time on a series and then it's like, huh, they didn't really even go through that. They were dead the whole time. Uh, but anyways, you know, that's the stuff that I nerd, nerd out over going to a nerd rage. But is it really that big of a deal, Matt? No, it's not. Um, Lord of the Rings, I'm loving still. Every episode, I think, is getting better. Um, I can also say that about The Patient. Another great episode uh, this week. And we've been seeing the killer that uh, uh, Steve Carell is trying to stop from killing people. He's brought somebody into the, into the house as well, besides Steve Carell, and he wants to kill this person. Um, and it's not looking good for this guy. So that's all I'll say about that. But it's just each moment you're just like, ah, just filled with dread. This is not going to end well. A new show this week, Reboot, starring Johnny Knoxville, Keegan-Michael Key, Rachel Bloom, uh, Judy Greer, Paul Reiser. Great cast. Uh, is really good. Uh, they dropped the first three episodes, and all of them are great. So check those out. I can recommend that. 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments of All Time. That's on Shudder. Uh, they dropped their third episode today, and that is awesome. I love those shows that are just like shows of people talking about horror movies. I feel like I could watch those endlessly. I would never get tired of those. That's a challenge, by the way. Um, new show I'm looking forward to is Dahmer on Netflix from Ryan Murphy of uh, American Horror Story fame. So kind of stoked on this one and pumped that it's 10 episodes. So I'm going to jump into that one tonight after I record this podcast. So I'll let you know. I'll give you a full report next week. All right, from there, we'll go to some entertainment news. Random entertainment news of the week. This is just some uh, stories that I picked out. Uh, a couple court stories. Uh, one being the 80s Muppet Babies cartoon. Um, so there's uh, a couple court issues over that. The main one. Um, and I love the 80s Muppet Babies cartoon. I just loved it. It had one of those places. It holds it. It holds a place still in my mind, nostalgia-wise. That I just love, and I, a couple of the things that I remember is, and this is the show that is the baby versions of the Muppets that we know and love so well, which uh, I always loved. And um, you know, one of the things that I thought was so interesting as a kid was like the adult figure 
you only saw her feet and legs. And I was like, why, you know, are adults bad? Why are you not showing the adult? Are all adults horrible? Um, but so it was just one of those weird things that had this weird mythology of like, why, why choose not to, to show that? Um, and also I was reading about it too, cause I don't remember too much of the original show, but apparently they played clips of star Wars and Indiana Jones on it, which makes sense. But yeah, so apparently Disney decided to remake the Muppet Babies, and in 2018 they released a brand new Muppet Babies, <laughs> a brand new Muppet Babies show, a CG animated series, which I have not seen, but I would watch it. Um, but apparently the original uh, writer of the program, uh, Jeffrey Scott, is not a fan of it. Um, and talked about how it's a little too close to what the original show was. And so he sued Disney in 2020, argue, arguing that his original deal for the first show gave him the rights to its production Bible. So the production Bible, a lot of shows have this, which is a um, packet that basically just hammers out like style guidelines, the format of the show, all the stuff that's unique to that particular show. And so he was saying that it is just too much like that old show. Uh, the suit was temporarily dropped on the grounds that Scott had lost control of the Muppet Babies production. I cannot do Muppet Babies. <laughs> I just can't get the word babies tonight. Uh, but anyways, that he lost the production Bible in bankruptcy court. But now the Hollywood Reporter says a federal judge has shut down Disney's attempts to get the lawsuit dismissed and says that he that they find the... Um, copyright claims credible so there you go we'll definitely be and one of the things is um, talking about um, you know like that that bit of never showing the adult that that was something that they're using in the new show and that this guy says was very much his idea so yeah we'll keep you um, up to date and posted on uh, on those details but other lawsuit news um, this was crazy. Some Kevin Smith news. He was talking about because he's on tour for Clerks 3, which I have not seen, but I do have tickets for it when it comes to Minneapolis. So I'll let you know about that as well. But he was talking about Dogma and how the movie is being held hostage by Harvey Weinstein. And he's saying that, you know, you, know, you can't find it. You can't stream it anywhere. It was released on DVD and VHS and it's gone out of print since then. And so it was talking about how um, he, you know, for a while, at a certain point, he thought, like, maybe Weinstein was interested in releasing and further furthering the Dogma story, but he really wasn't. He kind of just kept that movie and, and is holding him hostage, in his words, saying he's holding it hostage. And so um, Smith is saying that he heard that there was a new DVD of Dogma supposedly being produced and learned that Weinstein is trying to sell off the rights to the film for five, five million. So he's actually, Smith is contemplating buying it himself. And he's quoted saying, you know, we feel very dirty about it because we don't want to give him money, but at the same time, it's like my movie. And he's got it. He's holding it hostage. My movie about angels is owned by the devil himself, and there's only one way out of this. Maybe we could buy it away. So there you go. We could be seeing... Actually, Kevin Smith produced 
uh, release of Dogma again. I wa- I would watch that. It's one of my all-time all-time favorite movies. And this story is just kind of it's always crazy when you hear these things. But Zendaya, who I think is an awesome actress and performer, and uh, she was on Dancing with the Stars, and is just yeah, just just super, just such a sweet person, but also a great actress in Euphoria. Like I think she definitely earned um, her Emmy award. But apparently her mom, the people at the award show, didn't realize um, who she was and uh, weren't going to let her talk to her daughter, Zendaya, um, right before her acceptance speech. Uh, The mom says that she made her way to Zendaya before they awarded her the Emmy and gave her the biggest hug and said, breathe. Uh, She said that the man, some man tried to stop her. And she said that the man who tried to stop me said, where are your credentials? And she said, I'm Zendaya's mom and kept walking. She just said, I never name drop like that, but I had to do it. Well, of course, you got to do that. And how do you not know that? You know what I mean? Come on now. Let's do some relationship advice. If you have any advice questions, please feel free to reach out at notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com. That is notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com. The first one is, uh, and as an extrovert, this woman feels like her partner doesn't understand her and understand that she's an introvert and wants to know what to do. Um, well... You know, it's tough. I actually, if he was writing in, I'd tell him, just take your partner who's introverted to a party where she has to speak to many people at once and just put her on the spot. I think that's, you know, one, it's not only great to challenge her, but it's also great for the relationship. (laughs) I guess it's a great way to to end it, um, which you don't want to do. But, um, yeah, no, you got to just, you know, these are the things. And you don't say in this letter how long you've been dating. But I feel like you start to realize that. And, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like you should be understanding of that because we're all different. And um, there are times when I'm, like, super extroverted. And other times where I'm just like, eh, I just want to watch a thousand horror movies. And that's okay, you know what I mean? It's one of those things that you you learn about your your significant other, and then you can course correct. Um, next one coming in, mom wants to know, she's she wants to know, is she wrong that she feels like her daughter has such a racy look? She says that it's very cringy and that she's embarrassed by the way her 21-year-old daughter dresses. Well, I don't, I think... You know, we've had similar ones like this before, but I think the way to do it is you just start dressing like your daughter. And the smaller the smaller outfits, the better. <laughs> and just go with her everywhere. 
I mean, any social event, any function, you know, movies, dates, school, just hang out with her at school. Um, yeah, I think she'll, she'll love that. Uh, no, I mean, listen, you know, you might not like the way your kid is dressing, but you might not understand the style that's in right now, too. I certainly don't. I'm not going to claim to either, but I don't think I'd be upset if somebody that I know, if I saw them wearing a certain thing, you know what I mean? It's just like, well, that's not me, you know what I mean? But all the power to you. Do your own thing, you know? Um, this woman wants to know, she said that her spouse will sometimes blow up in very awful ways. Uh, and wonders how to react after apparently being physically attacked by the other over taking out the trash. There is no, nothing that you could say that would warrant that uh, behavior. That's one of those things where I feel like as soon as there's a physical element to it, that's the time to say goodbye, unfortunately. Um, I remember for a while when we first started doing these uh, advice, <laughs> my first reaction would always be usually, well, break up. You know what I mean? And honestly, it, that's really tough. You get attached and all that. But as soon as something physical is, that's, yeah, in my opinion, that's time to say goodbye. Um, and a guy wants to know, finally, should he give up on dating? He stopped dating when COVID hit and found life to be much easier. Should he give up altogether? Well, listen, I think... One is, the good thing about that is, I say don't give up, but if you're fine with being alone, just keep doing that, you know, ride that one out. That means you're not going to be one of these people that's super desperate and like, oh, I need to be with somebody, I need to find somebody. And that's probably when you'll actually find someone is when you're not looking. That's a cliche, but a cliche for a reason. So there you go with that. And there you go with the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for checking out another episode and uh, yeah, two episodes this week. So now we're back on track to our regular scheduled program. And uh, we'll see you again in a week. I love you. <laughs>